Good afternoon, my fellow Sith brothers and sisters, purebloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run, but most importantly, my fellow Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's hanging in there today. Hope everybody's also, uh, we've made it another week. Thankfully, it's just, I don't know, sometimes I feel like the days run together, so you finally get that day off, it's like, oh. You need at least a day to recover from the week, so henceforth today, for me anyway, uh, a lot going on for me with the comics, which is what I wanted to start this week's episode off with. So I've been very candid and open with my journey into the Old Republic. Specifically, I am over halfway done in the Old Republic omnibus that came out last year that specifically has the 51 issues in the Knights of the Old Republic series, and I believe uh, War is in there. There's actually quite a few different series with the Old Republic, uh, and I'm kind of finding myself at a crossroads here because I don't know how much more money I want to spend on obtaining trade paperbacks because I've got quite the pile over here. So I'm really beginning to wonder if maybe... I should swap out for omnibuses. I have no idea. But with where I'm at in the Old Republic, just around the halfway mark, there was a storyline called Vector. And not to get too deep into it, because I want to save it for uh, getting everything set up, and then hopefully in the next couple of weeks can start reviewing that with you guys once I completely finish it. Uh, but within there, there is the storyline vector involves uh, Jedi Padawan by the name of Zane Carrick, and one of these rogue. Jedi Knight Shadow Hunters uh, by the name of Celeste Morn. And it comes across a really neat Sith artifact that had I realized how many tangents I was going to be taking on this journey in the Old Republic, it's, it's very easy to get very, 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 very lost just when you think you're starting to climb yourself out of the depths, Uh, but Vector, it's a 12-part storyline. The first four issues are within the Old Republic Omnibus. It breaks out into a couple issues of Dark Times, which is also Legends. It also breaks out into two issues in Rebellion, which is also Legends, Dark Horse, and finally finishes up the last five issues. It's four or five issues in Legacy. And thankfully, I already have the first four issues in the Omnibus, but I discovered 
it's like, well, I already read the first four issues in the omnibus. What the hell am I going to do about the other seven issues? I want to, you know, I'd like to go off and read the storyline. So rather than trying to track down two or three other Dark Horse omnibuses, I was like, oh, hey, look. They actually released them into trade paperbacks. And hopefully, by the end of tonight, I will have acquired those. Because I've actually found a steal of a deal. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to go after and purchase these, I don't want to spend too much money on this. Because I've already read the first four. And the first trade paperback has these next two issues and dark times in it so i've already read over half of it and then um all that's left uh in the second trade paperback is the two from rebellion and legacy so it spans into four different eras in star wars in in the star wars timeline so it's basically motion sickness but in book form <laughs> But at the same time, I'm also, while I'm waiting on those, just because I know the next part of this series is going to go well ahead of where I'm at, um, kind of accidentally read the first few pages of the Dark Times issue 11, where it picks back up at, and it takes place three years within the first few years after Palpatine declares himself Emperor of the Galaxy. So we're well already into um, the OG trilogy. So going basically 3,000 years ahead of where I am presently at in the timeline. Um, I'm definitely continuing the omnibus, although... Looking ahead at where I have next to read, I'm pulling it up here. So I've got all 51 issues of Knights of the Old Republic, and then I've also got the five issues of War, which take place 3962 before the Battle of Yavin. Then I have to finish up the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, I also need to track down the three issues of Blood of the Empire, the three issues of Threat of Peace, five issues of The Lost Sons, and the five issues of Lost Tribe of the Sith. Which brings me up to 2974 before the Battle of Yavin. And then it has me jumping into the Knight Errant series which jumps all the way up to 1032 before the Battle of Yavin. So I should be hopefully finally nearing, if I'm not mistaken, I should be pretty damn close to where the Bane books take place. I've been very patiently waiting. It's been an arduous journey up until this point. But um, I just, I find myself at a crossroad because it's like, well, I have Marvel Unlimited. 
I would really, you know, rather than spending too much more money on tracking down these trade paperbacks, I feel like it would be easier just to get a tablet. So, you know, something bigger than my iPhone 12 Pro Max where I can read these off of, it would be easier. So probably that's going to be what I end up going at uh, this week. So once I get the vector ones, hopefully that'll calm down my impulse to get any more of those but i've really enjoyed the old republic series and i just i love the homage like the sith artifacts uh one of the big ones that came up during the vector story excuse me during the vector storyline was the mer talisman which is pretty much shaped like a scorpion uh, it's pretty much entirely made of gold, and it has this one gem in the middle, or I guess you could say the on top of its head, maybe, and it's got a couple other little gems around it. But I'm definitely getting tattoo vibes from it, so I look forward to updating you guys with my journey into vector because obviously when i continue vector it's going to take me out of the old republic briefly so trying not to have five thousand things going on at once which with the old republic omnibus because it's got a lot of um many storylines in it it is a little difficult there's a lot of name dropping and uh this happens to be vector was the first major series, I guess you could say major mini-series within the omnibus itself, and not realizing, because when you get to the end of issue 28 in Knights of the Old Republic, I believe it's 25 through 28 in the omnibus, um, that is the first few issues of Vector, it specifically says that vector continues in dark times 11 and 12 so it's like okay should i keep going should i you know so i've kept going waiting on the vectors once those come in it'll probably be at least another week um, before those come so by then i should be pretty much well done with the omnibus i'm i'm reading it at a pretty good pace so then I can, can I can read through the vectors really quick and then go back into and finish up the Old Republic with um, War, Threat of Peace, uh, Blood of the Empire, uh, Lost Sons, and Lost Tribe of the Sith. So the end is slowly but surely coming. Uh, I also haven't forgotten which is funny, I was actually talking to somebody else about this recently. Uh, I had started reading and made some good headway in one of the final Old Republic novels, Annihilation, which, <laughs> looking at my notes that I have saved on my computer, I haven't gone into them to input notes since September, October. <laughs> Oops. Um, I mean, that's just the way it is. Usually getting, when I get in around the holiday, it just, it, it gets 
really stressful. I kind of took a break from my reading and up until after I got through the holiday season, you know, was able to start uh, getting a good pace going with the novels again. Uh, And then hopefully within the next month, kind of setting myself a goal within the next month, I definitely would like to finish the old Republic comics. And then I can finally finish Annihilation. I do want to go after uh, a hard copy of Darth Plagueis. I ha- I've had the audiobook that I purchased uh, for free during one of my free trials of um, Audible through Amazon Prime. And I had started it, but thankfully I didn't get very far. Knowing how I am, I like having the f- something like that. I would like the physical hard copy in my hand. And I know that is one of the books that they recently um, re-released. Uh, they're going through re-releasing a lot of the Legends books, I think, with... Um, they re-released the third Bane book with Darth Plagueis, Kenobi. So... Uh, Definitely tempting to go after that re-release of the Plagueis novel this week. So that way I can physically read it. And then from there I can finally get into the Bane books, which I've been really patiently waiting for those. The Bane books is kind of one of the last frontier in my old republic reading before i can finally come back up to where i was uh in clone wars reading i've also got dark disciple i need to read i think i've also got cloak of deception so after (laughs) what seems like this year-long detour into the old republic only only momentarily derailed correct so Hopefully by the summer. (laughs) Which brings me to, and I did want to mention, um, some of you may or may not be aware of, uh, I've mentioned one of my fellow Star Wars podcasts, The New Force Order, who is solely, if not entirely, responsible for my complete undoing into full-fledged fandom within the galaxy. It's ultimately brought me to start my own little podcast here, uh, the tattoos and just collecting of certain things. And I wanted to take this brief little moment Not sure if he'll actually even hear this, but uh, one of the, my fellow Old Republic buddies uh, is stepping away from the New Force Order, and that would be the Revan kissed himself, Spiro, who 
I wanted to just take a very brief moment and personally thank you for inspiring me inadvertently, <laughs> inadvertently, inadvertently into the Old Republic. It all started with Tales of the Jedi and Revan. And then a year later, still going, still pushing through. And not very many of my Star Wars friends are into the Old Republic. So it's definitely been a little difficult for me to try and connect with certain people. And I do want to also shout out, which now that I am finally... Well into the Knights of the Old Republic omnibus and everything. My friends over at the Old Republic podcast. Thank you guys. But most importantly, Spiro. Top Gun flyby. Buzz the Citadel Tower on Drum and Koss. Just for Darth Vader's X-Wing. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for me and for fellow Old Republic fans such as myself. If you even remotely consider yourself a Sith, the Old Republic, I cannot understate enough, even though this detour was not necessarily supposed to take me at least a year and probably a couple more months to finish, <laughs> so a year and a half. Um, it's just been, I'm so incredibly grateful for the journeys to Korriban, uh, to Jebel, just all of these, Ord Mantell, all these different places that, you know, ancient Sith artifacts, you know, learning about the Covenant and um, Mark Aragnos and Valley of the Dark Lords and everything. It's, it's been an amazing ride so far. And I truly, honestly cannot thank you enough for everything. So PPPs to Spiro and all the good times with the new Force Order. So thank you very much. And yeah, I think that's my Old Republic spiel for this week. I don't have um, Lego Mall and Lego Savage are in the case. I, they did arrive the other day. I think, yeah, Savage was able to fit into the case. Um, he's not able to actually physically hold the light his double bladed saber in his hand but i'm able to fit it into his little compartment thing okay and cybernetic legs mall did fit in there with his saber and it's only the single blade thank god because with the, with him being on the cybernetic legs makes him just a little taller than the average lego figure um i remember getting into a discussion with one of the vendors at galaxy con last month about Spider Legs Mall, and I know he's arguably one of the most expensive Lego minifigures you could possibly find. 
I think that would be really cool to have just because I do have a soft spot. I'm just, I think, I know I've seen pictures of one or what it looks like. And I'm just like, mm, doesn't necessarily translate, <laughs> translate over as well. Um, I would probably go after the, um, I want to say, I don't know if it was a Sideshow Premium Format or a Hot Toys. They did release the um, Spider-Legs Mall uh, statue. Probably, if I'm going to go with Spider-Legs, I would probably go after that than the Lego one. Just because the Lego one, just it looks weird because it's Lego. But, um, yeah. Which, speaking of Lego, I have for... Not every day this past week, but at least a couple, I'd say maybe three nights in the past week, uh, went in and started uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which when you start the game, it only has available unlocked uh, Episode 4, A New Hope, and Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, which... I'm like, well, why not try going through these in chronological order? And the first damn night, I started playing the thing. I came across the glitch where uh, you go to follow Jar Jar into the Gungan City. And, yeah, it's been a little pain in the ass. Uh, and then... I walked away from it for a night, basically rage quitted because you could see, you could hear stuff, but you couldn't see anything when you follow them down into the water. Walked away from it for a day, went back into it, jumped over, and then went into the water and finally made it into the underground city. And it's just, it's overwhelming the amount of detail. If you, you know, you can obviously blaze through it in story, story mode or go through uh, free play and bust everything to get, you know, true Jedi, whatever. Um, but I made it through there in one night and then got chased by the fish uh, and landed and landed above water on Naboo to go warn the queen about the incoming invasion so that's kind of where I'm at with the Lego game. It's amazing. It's very overwhelming. It's like sensory overload. I can only catch myself playing it for maybe a couple hours at a time. I can't really play it for that much longer just because it's it's very easy to get caught up and overwhelmed, especially if you're going around, which I'm just going right into it and trying to stick to free play, going around busting everything. But it's like at some point you kind of have to make a decision where, you know what, just follow the story, unlock the next one, and then go back and then bust everything, which is kind of what I think I'm going to have to do because I'm too busy trying to do both uh, so I don't have to go back. <laughs> and it's it's too much. So if any of else of you out there have also dabbled with the new Lego game, please reach out, comment, send in a message saying, hey, y'all are playing too, let alone if you all actually have Xbox 
and want to add gamer tags. I am Southpaw Sith on Xbox. So please feel free to find and add me on there. And I know we can't um I know we can't play it online, but I do know you can joint play the battle. I, I know Battlefront 2 you can and Squadrons you can. Um, so love to interact with you guys more and I don't really get to play games a whole lot anyway because I don't have very many gamer friends to begin with. So if any of you are into the Star Wars games, by all means have Xbox, please feel free to add me on Xbox Live. So that wraps up the first half here. I'm going to go ahead and switch gears here and get us set up for some more Bad Batch discussion. I'm going to review the next couple of episodes of Bad Batch. So sit tight. All right, guys. So welcome back to Bad Batch Review. Going to talk about Episodes 5 and 6 today, starting with episode 5 titled Rampage. So, so far in the series, up until this point, Clone Force 99 has kind of taken under their wing Omega, who is a clone herself from... Camino. However, this has gotten a little bit more complicated because now we've got a character we are familiar with from the Mandalorian series, Fennec Shand, who is also after Omega. So, episode five starts out with Tech giving Omega Crosshair's old comm device. Echo reminding her, of course, that it's definitely, this is not a toy. Um, I think here that you can see a little bit there, you know, with, with Crosshair being gone, it's starting to take its effect a little bit because I believe it was record, you know, it's just like there was a little bit of tension in giving Omega this, you know, because it's, it's Crosshair's, but, you know, obviously Crosshair's not here, so see a little bit of tension in the group. They are going to a place familiar with those of us who uh, dabble with the Old Republic, a place called Ord Mantell, or at least Legends. Um, Echo apparently knows an informant there by the name of Sid who the Jedi trusted and decides that this guy is going to, or this informant, excuse me, is going to help them ID this bounty hunter that's after Omega. They walk into a cantina looking for Sid and they encounter uh, somebody. Actually, turns out Omega actually figures out that the person that they ask, hey, we're looking for Sid, you know, are you Sid? And the person that they speak to that plays stupid actually is Sid. And Sid is actually a female. They go into the back, into her office. 
Uh, and she mentions that the demand for her services declined now that the Jedi are all dead. Um, however, you know, she does point out that she's never dealt with clones before, let alone clone deserters. They show Fennec on Hollow to Sid, and Sid, of course, always points out, you know, an eye for an eye, tat for a tat. So she's like, you know what, you pull a job for me and I get the info you need. This is how this works. The mission that she sends him on is a rescue mission for a kid named Moochie, who's apparently held by slavers on the other side of the planet, and agrees to split the bounty 70-30. The group of slavers holding Moochie captive is a group by the name of the Zygerians, and I hope I'm not butchering it too bad. Uh, they happen to be hiding in the ruins of the old city, according to her intel. When they land in this old city ruins, Omega's ordered to pretty much go back and stay with the ship while uh, uh, CF-99 does the rescue. Of course, Echo's put on point, which Crosshair used to be, so Echo, of course, again... There's that acute awareness that I think everybody's starting to miss Crosshair being gone. This creature that reminds me of, and I don't remember the name of the creature that Obi-Wan Kenobi rode in, I believe it was, oh shit, was it episode two or episode three? That little, well, this creature can fly, but it also can crawl on the ground. But this creature attacks them, and they end up getting caught by the Zygerians. Omega on the ship, making alterations to her trooper doll. She made it now to look like a Clone Force 99er. It's kind of funny. And endearing and cute. The Zygir uh, two Zygerians... Of course, now keep in mind, Omega, being on the ship like she was told, has no idea that Clone Force 99's been captured by the group holding Moochie. And so these two Zygerians, when they go aboard the ship, she obviously realizes that this isn't somebody that's not a friend, so she goes to hide. She manages to sneak off the ship before she gets caught. The two Zygerians that were checking out the ship return to base saying that the ship is empty. In the meantime, Omega, kind of off in the background, she tries to calm the guys and obviously is not getting any answers. So she kind of starts looking around a little bit here. One of them points out without their gear, you know, that they... <laughs> This is a little hopeless situation that they've found themselves in. And obviously, they need to try and find a way to signal Omega. But they can't do that because their gear is on the opposite side of where they are. They're kind of be kind of held in this open pit area. They manage to, one of them spots Omega 
up above the rooftops where they're at and he's like you know what maybe finding her won't be so hard because they actually signal her that the gear is not with them so she tries to climb down and gets near this animal cage or this cage don't know what's in it exactly and just as the Zygerians catch her she ends up unlocking and releasing what is in this cage, and it turns out to be an adolescent rancor. Now, initially, this rancor is just running around, giving the Zygerians a little bit of an issue. You don't really know who the who this Moochie person is that they're there to rescue. They don't really know what Moochie looks like. The whole time, the group and Omega initially think that one of these, um, what you call it, one of the, one of these little captives that are down there, they think he's Moochie, not thinking that Moochie is, could possibly be this Rancor that is now running around creating, uh, creating quite a fuss. Very soon, or doesn't take them too long actually to realize with Rancor on the loose that the Rancor is Moochie. Echo and Omega take the three hostages with them back to the ship while the others try to rally the Rancor. Hunter has a face-off with one of the Zygerian leaders who happens to have, and I also, I love pointing this kind of stuff out when it pops in because... It's similar technology to something that is somewhat near and dear to me, a Electro Whip or a Slaver's Whip um, that has that same technology as the Electro Chain Whip from The Last Jedi. That's initially where the technology that we kind of see at first, um, intentionally that's actually what it's used for. Uh, the creature that was flying around uh, tries to go after the Rancor, and the creature and the Rancor end up fighting a little bit. Wrecker tries to challenge the Rancor's authority to win it over. That This part was actually kind of funny. And all of a sudden, it gets tired and falls over and kind of takes a nap or just gets really sluggish. It's kind of funny. Um, we pan to Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, talking to Sid in her office, talking about how this is a delicate mission and you need to tell Jabba to be patient. Bib Fortuna hears noises outside and all of a sudden he's, he, he immediately recognizes Moochie, goes running outside and you see... Omega riding the Rancor as they're walking towards Sid's office. He's obviously very elated to see that Moochie's okay. Um, this mission, apparently, the, <laughs> we now also realize that Bib Fortuna was the one who contacted Sid about this mission to retrieve Moochie. Sid talks to Hunter in her office. And she identifies this 
female bounty hunter after Omega as Fennec Shand. Direct commission from an unknown source who is at this time new to the scene. However, his rose to uh, some notorious fame here rather quickly. Quickly points out to Hunter that you need friends and money, but mostly money. Someone of Fennec's caliber after you, you must be valuable. Don't worry, I'm good at keeping secrets. So, kind of wondering here or alluding to with Sid kind of, I don't want to say controlling Clone Force 99, you wonder if at some point down the line here that Sid's going to spill the beans that she knows where everybody's hiding here. But that's the end of episode five. Quickly jumping into episode six titled Decommissioned. We start out with the episode Omega practicing with, and I actually kind of like this weapon because it's not anything you haven't necessarily seen on screen, at least not yet anyway, but it involves technology that we're already somewhat familiar with. But one of the weapons that Omega picked up while they were on Ord Mantell from the Zygerian camp happened to be an electro bow. And she's basically doing target practice here inside the cantina, you know, creating a little bit of a mess inside of, excuse me, Sid's cantina. Sid orders the cantina, orders everybody to clear out that she needs to talk to them, has a new mission for them. Apparently, their new mission involves them retrieving a tactical droid head, which contains highly valuable information. They are sent to Corellia, a decommissioning facility to pick one up before they're all destroyed. Sid essentially, with the little... I don't want to say jab. Well, yeah, the little jab she made at Hunter at the end of episode five. Don't worry, I'm good at keeping secrets. She kind of forces their hand to take this mission, essentially, because there's a little bit of, uh, we never really agreed to continue working for you. But Sid forces the hand saying, you make money, I make money. I watch your back. And with the heat on you right now, this is your best option to take this mission. So she kind of strong arms them there. She shows Omega how to shoot and hold the electro bow. Omega asking Clone Force 99 why this tactical droid is more important than other droids. And we quickly discover exactly why they're going after this. Every time it fought, it learned and won. So with clones now serving the Empire, knowing how to defeat them just went up in value. This is what they're telling Omega while they are on their way to Corellia. They're police droids patrolling all over the place. So their only entry point is in a blind spot involving them to climb up into and down into the factory. They quickly 
realize that there's only one tactical droid left in the factory and that the rest have all already been destroyed. Omega quickly spots the tactical droid head on a belt, but doesn't see the body anywhere. They see someone else run after it and pick it up, thinking that maybe it's one of the other workers in the factory. We quickly realize that there that Clone Force 99 is not the only ones after this tactical droid head. Some friends that we are a little familiar with from Clone Wars, two females that Ahsoka joined up with after she left the Jedi Order, Rafa and Trace, are also on a mission for this tactical droid head. So there's a little bit of tug of war between Hunter and Co. and the two girls as to who gets the tactical droid head. You know, they're both after the same thing. However, it becomes very apparent that they need to work together just to even try and get out of here at this point. Omega manages to make it to the droid head. She's kind of going back and forth with Trace as to getting her hands on the droid head. Uh, but Trace manages to get her hands on it when the belt that they're on comes to a sudden halt. Wrecker kind of knocks himself silly there for a few minutes, and Omega uses her calm to let Hunter know I'm in trouble, I'm stuck on the belt. Hunter and inadvertently Rafa going with them to go save Omega, but Trace gets to her first. She manages to pick something up off the belt to hold up for her to get pulled up. Now they realize, okay, we also now need a distraction to get out of here. So Trace is like, you know what? Let's reprogram this droid head we're after because we, we already have an army. Why not use it? So reprogramming the tactical droid head actually works and they get the um they program the other droids to target the police droids wrecker fashionably late to the party has a little bit of fun here and omega finally gets a chance to use her electro bow as they're trying to leave the droid factory when they're all aboard the ship to fly back Rafa and Trace, or Rafa mentions that they're working for someone fighting the Empire. You know, who do you work for? I thought that's what you guys do now. And so, um, as they part ways, Hunter ends up giving them the copy that Tech made of the data on the tactical droid head as they part ways. Kind of catches Rafa a little off guard, but as they separate and we see Rafa and Trace on their ship, Rafa contacts the person who employed them. We can't see who it is. We barely see part of an arm or a shoulder. And she tells the uh, whoever it is that they've acquired the tactical droid info on Corellia, but that they had help by a rogue clone squadron and she happens to know where they're going and I thought you should know. So now the question is who Rafa and Trace are working for and did they 
is this somehow connected to Fennec Shan, who's apparently out looking for them also? So that concludes Bad Batch Review for this week, folks. Episode five and six. Next time, try and hit up, see if I can fit three episodes in here. Forgive me, my work schedule's been a little crazy. So thank you so much for your patience. And as always, thank you for your support. Please don't forget to hit that like or subscribe notification here where you're listening to My Life on Exegol. And as always, until next time, my friends, may the force be with all of you.